Welcome to the Lens Podcast, where we talk about current events, news, family, church, and life from a biblical worldview. We want to help people think about these things through the lens of the Bible. I'm your producer, David Wiseman, and here are your hosts, Brian and Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens Podcast. My name is Brian Hansen. And I'm Brian Solomon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, As is our practice, we roll through three segments on our show every time we get together. First segment's entitled A View of the World, and then we move into Your Place in the World and wrap things up with What in the World? Each of these segments is to take us through our daily topic. And Brian, what do we want to talk about today? Yeah, let's jump right into it. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about retaliation. And uh, let's look at that by going into our first segment, Brian, a view of the world. So, Brian, I don't know about you. I'm, 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 I know that you're far better than I am in every sense of the word, and uh, you probably have never been tempted to get payback. But I have on occasion. And, uh, uh, you know, somebody does something to you and, uh, boy, you have the sense of justice, you know, individual justice. I've been wronged and it's time to get my payback. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, uh, thinking about that, uh, have you ever been tempted to get payback in your life and maybe, uh, in a non incriminating, uh, uh, way (laughs) here for the purposes of our show, uh, hopefully you've never done anything illegal, but, but have you, (laughs) have you ever? (laughs) sought to get payback in in a way that was uh, probably not honorable to the Lord? Well, man, now that you put not honoring to the Lord in there, that that makes me pause. You know, I remember remember this one time uh, back when I was in high school playing soccer. Um, a guy walked up or didn't walk up, but from behind came up and, uh, I had the ball and, uh, he supposedly went for the ball, missed the ball. I'm not sure that he was going for the ball, but took out my ankle instead. Yeah. And man, oh man, uh, he paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, since you said that was not God honoring that, yeah, he, Uh. um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I think that we've all done that. I think that sports, you know, sports plays out a, a lot of examples oh, yes, in this, does. right? Oh, yeah. You, you have anything, Brian? Yeah. Well, so the, the one that comes to my mind, well, uh, so, man, I got a lot of cards when I played soccer. I played club soccer as a... Uh, as a middle school and high schooler and uh, really had a lot of success there. And so uh, leading into my senior year, my last year of playing high school and club soccer, I actually had to go before a state board. Uh, they had a hearing on whether or not they were going to allow me to play the next year. Uh, I had accumulated seven yellow cards and three red cards in the season before that. Brian, did and, you have a uh, temper? I had a had an issue, and uh, <laughs> the Lord's been working on that. But um, – so I didn't play college soccer right out of high school. Uh, I did play college soccer, but but only as a married student. And when I got uh, to Baptist Bible College, I was 30 years old and had four years of athletic eligibility. And Naomi and I decided, hey, it'd be a good thing if you went out for the team. And so okay, I, hold, I hold on, hold on, though. Let's back up. Okay, you, so you didn't go right in and play college, but you were an elite soccer player. So I, I was okay. And uh, come on, <laughs> don't don't be that. So yeah, you you did more than just play high school soccer. What you were in some travel leagues and stuff. Yeah, that were, yeah. So I had a chance to play in the USA Cup uh, when I was yeah. 14 and when I was 16, and had a chance to uh, play at the Air Force Academy and different places. And so, okay, so. It was good. So, uh, 
so when I did uh, get my chance to play college soccer, I was a little bit more seasoned mm-hmm. uh, in life, uh, progressing in my sanctification, being being more like Jesus all the time, right? And so uh, there we were. We were, we were playing a, a game against Keystone College in northeastern Pennsylvania, and Keystone College had a bunch of foreign exchange students from Ghana playing on their team. And so we're playing in this game, and our center midfielder just kept getting fouled and uh, intentionally. And after about the third foul, I went up and I grabbed that defender by his jersey, and I pulled him up close to my face, and I said, uh, I said, Bud, if you do that again, I'm going to break your leg. Don't do that again. And I uh, got into his face, and, of course, I got a yellow card, and my coach didn't like that I did that. And of course, you know, I was supposed to be a you know, pastor in training, uh, didn't fit the Sunday school boy uh, uh, motif or, or uh, MO that our, our team had, uh, but it sent a message to that other team, hey, don't, don't do that. There might be consequences that come. Uh, I don't necessarily regret, regret that act of retaliation. Uh, there are others that, that I do regret for sure. I did throw a ball in a guy's face one time, and uh, there were some other things. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so those are the sport, uh, sport world side of things. You know, I think um, oh, it's been several years ago now, but uh, uh, just just to put it in life, how life plays out. I had uh, I had somebody who was uh, jealous of the position that I held in the church, and so they started to make up some things oh, about me. Yeah, and uh, even took it so far as to try to have me fired. Yeah, and um, and you know. I, I I was in real consternation over the whole thing. Yeah. I, you know, my stomach, my insides were just turning inside out. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was praying, God, what do I do? You know, how somebody needs to defend me here. It just so happened, and I won't go into the rest of the detail, but this individual had a history. And at the same time, uh, Jay Leno was doing a segment called idiots in different places of the world <laughs> and this person ended up on Jay Leno right when I needed him to and uh so anyway the lord I, had a way of the, sorting the that lord out right took care of that one for me but you know is what what God is thinking on this topic was um just a, a few weeks ago uh it was all over in the news and it's kind of a little bit quiet now although it will poke its head back up is that's right it's not the, re- uh, it's not resolved yet that's right is the Donald Trump in Indictment. And uh, so Donald Trump, you know, he's known as one who will get revenge himself. You know, uh, he tends not to throw the first punch, but you don't want him to throw the second punch, right. you know. Uh, and, and so now we have a, a DA in New York that has said, OK, you've, you're doing all this. I'm going to come after you. And it may or may not be uh, the, the charges against him may or may not be valid. But nonetheless, uh, they're they're coming at him. And this is a, a form of political Revenge, right? That's right. Yeah, 34 felony charges of falsifying business records in the first degree are the official charges that have been levied against Donald Trump. And many political analysts and legal scholars have said this is a huge overreach and a uh, and a misuse of our legal system to uh, use our system of justice for means of political revenge. And uh, it seems to be obvious, even if you're on the right or the left side of the political spectrum, uh, revenge retaliation seems to be in play here. Um, 
and in other places, uh, pe- people, and this isn't new to politics. You think about history and, you know, Alexander Hamilton had his mm. famous duel with Aaron Burr and, oh, yeah. and, uh, that, that ended up taking Hamilton's life. And, uh, so there was a back, back and forth tip for tat and it's unfortunate. And so that's, as we, we kind of survey the, the landscape, that's kind of our view of the world. Uh, but you know what? It's not just a political thing. It's not just That's a right. sports thing. You think about uh, marriage relationships yeah. and family relationships and uh, opportunities for bitterness to, to, to creep into um, conflicts and whole you know families won't won't talk to one another because somebody said this or did that. And, and so uh, bitterness, retaliation, tit for tat, they have a, a, a way of just ruining relationships regardless of the situation you find yourself in. That's, that's absolutely right. And so if you're listening to this podcast today and no matter where you find yourself, whether you're a high schooler walking the hallways of the high school and somebody does something to you or you, you, know, you see it played out in any, any way, shape or form, like you said, our marriage our marriages are such hotbeds for this topic. Uh, you, you know, you said this, so I have to do that, or you did this, so I have to do that, right. and and uh, so this this whole idea of revenge, and it might not even be on the forefront of our minds, but it is our natural inclination. That's right. To it's part of our sin nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, then the question is, well, okay, this is a reality. You know, somebody does something, so we have to get revenge to get back at them. The question is, well, how do we, how do we handle this? How do we look at this from the viewpoint of Scripture? Which takes us into our second segment, Your Place in the World. So in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapters 5 to 7, it records for us Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And in the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus rolls through these attitudes, characteristics that are true of the, of the follower of Jesus. We call these Beatitudes, yeah, very famous. And then those after those Beatitudes, Jesus addresses many very practical areas of life. Uh, he talks about anxiety and fear. He talks about divorce. He talks about anger. And he addresses retaliation. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 42, Jesus says this. He says, you've heard that it, that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, Let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go a mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And so Jesus here is saying, hey, look, in the Old Testament, you heard this whole principle of eye for an eye. If somebody does something to you, uh, you have uh, all of the backing of the Mosaic law to enact an equal measure of justice for your for your part, you get exact your, so if somebody comes in into your field with their dog and their dog kills your cow, well, guess what? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you get to send your dog in to kill their cow, or they've got to bring a new cow in to replace the cow that their dog just killed on your property. Right. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And it was meant uh, to kind of level the playing field. And it was also meant to say, hey, look, in that particular time, we needed to establish a principle of uh, the punishment needs to fit the crime. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. However, 
in the context of interpersonal relationships, Brian, personal acts of retaliation, they usually go over and above and, 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 uh, and they're way more powerful and extreme than the initial act that was perpetrated against you. And so there's that, uh, that, that principle of physics, uh, the law of motion, every, uh, uh, how does it go? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. That is not the case when, when we're talking about personal acts of retaliation. Usually it escalates and it escalates quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the reason for that is because we're dealing with a sin nature and the sin nature doesn't have a sense of equality about it. It, it has uh, to do with the world revolves around me and mm-hmm. let me show you how much it revolves around me. Right. So that's the sin nature. But when we're, when we're talking about this, you, uh, um, in, in Matthew chapter five, you read a very, um, uh, you, you, you read a portion of scripture that is very familiar and it says, uh, do not, um, Jesus says, do not resist the one who is evil, which is, is kind of, uh, contrary to our natural instinct where he said, so, he's like, now don't run from them. Don't put them <laughs> aside. Don't, he, he's like, don't resist them. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But he does say this. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him, the other also. So let, let's, just, let's camp <laughs> there for a second. Well, and, and this is serious because, um, uh, this is not the natural instinct. And so is it my obligation if somebody is mad at me? And, and so let's, let's do, let's say I get slugged in the face for whatever it is. And, and let's say that I'm innocent. Do I, I mean, do I like, Hey, you, you got me on the left side. I want you to take, take a shot at the, at the right side also. I mean, to, to the average person reading this, this is just, this makes absolutely no sense. Want to take a shot at this? Well, so uh, th- this this one is uh, a little bit tricky because I think many people will read this at face value and say, well, what about uh, personal defense here? If somebody mm-hmm. comes up and, and slaps me on my face, don't I have a right to defend myself? And right. Sure you do, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. The context is super helpful. What Jesus is talking about is interpersonal relationships. And eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, that's never meant to sanction those personal acts of retaliation. It's never meant to justify any acts of self-defense. We're prone to, to defend ourselves. We're, we're prone to uh, dig in and, and react to certain things that, that are said and, and done in those contexts of personal uh, relationships. And so it's, Jesus isn't talking about self-defense here. If you remember, uh, in, uh, later on in the gospel accounts, when Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, he, he told them, hey, look, if, uh, if you don't have a sword, go get one. Yeah, right. You, you, you need to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. And so Jesus was a, a pro-self-defense sort of guy. But this is a principle of, of, hey, listen, as we are trying to cultivate healthy relationships with people, retaliation shouldn't be on the table at all. There you go. There you go. Very good. So in, in this whole topic of revenge, let's let's 
come back off of that and come back on onto something else here. The Bible is, uh, it, it gives us a plethora of examples <laughs> of right. people who exacted revenge on others. And uh, we were, <laughs> we were talking about in the book of uh, judges, when we were looking at Samson, right? Uh, there was some revenge that took place there That's quite right. often, right? Yeah. And one interpretive uh, tool that, that the casual reader of the Bible needs to know and understand is that sometimes the Bible is descriptive and not prescriptive. So a casual reader of the Bible will kind of uh, find their way into judges and they'll, they'll see, wow, you know, Samson, boy, he's a pretty violent guy. <laughs> yeah, Does that yeah. mean that the Bible is sanctioning all this, these sorts of acts of violence and back and forth and tit for tat? No, no, not at all. Uh, but, but the Bible is, is, uh, is honest. It's, it gives an accurate accounting of history, warts and all. And just because the Bible describes something and is descriptive doesn't mean that it was or it is prescriptive. And so we see that played out in Samson's life. And if you look at, at Judges, uh, <laughs> the, the story begins in 13, but things really heat up in chapter 15. And we, we find Samson at a wedding. He's going to get married to a Philistine woman. And in the Philistine culture, uh, the way it works is that the, the wedding ceremony would, would, would last for a whole week, and the bride's family would essentially assign groomsmen to the, to the groom-to-be. And so all of Samson's groomsmen, they were all Philistines. And so uh, Samson begins to kind of poke the bear a little bit and throws down a riddle and basically makes a bet with these guys. And these guys are ticked off that they can't solve the riddle. And so they threat, threaten Samson's wife-to-be and say, hey, look, if you don't tell us the answer, we're going to burn you and your father's house with fire. And so, of course, the bride-to-be presses in on Samson, gets the answer to the riddle, and the guys, the Philistine guys, they win the bet. And therein unlocks a whole long story of tit-for-tat between Samson, who is acting in his professional capacity as the judge of Israel— but in every action against the Philistines who were ruling over Israel in those days, all of the action was on a personal level. He was looking to exact personal revenge, yeah. which was a pretty crazy thing. And so <laughs> things escalated quickly, and, and, uh, and there was a, this, this whole thing where uh, Samson tied up uh, 300 foxes tail to tail, put a torch in between their tail, set the foxes out into the standing grain, the farmland of the Philistines, burns all of their, their crops. Of course, the Philistines are mad. So now they're going to go back after, after uh, Samson. And so they said in, in uh, Judges 15, verse 6, they said, the Philistines said, who's done this? And they said, well, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he's taken his wife and, and he was actually given to the best man while Samson was away. And the Philistines came up and they burned her and her father with fire. So Samson said to them, well, if this is what you're going to do, I swear I'm going to be avenged on you. And after that, well, then I'll quit. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow, and he went down and he stayed in the, in the cleft of, of the rock of Etam. And commentators believe that he struck them hip and thigh is really a, a phrase that describes uh, human dismemberment. He goes in, he goes down, and he fights him. He's literally pulling them apart limb by limb. Wow. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So this is, this is more than the flannel graph story that you and I got in <laughs> right. Sunday school class. right. And so, but if you read through all the way to the end of chapter 17, 
Man, this whole tit-for-tat back and forth with the Philistines led to a disastrous end for Samson. It led to a disastrous end for Samson and that he had his eyes put out and then he was uh, he was churning grain like a donkey would typically do. Yeah. And then uh, uh, not sure exactly how it all played out, but you have everybody, all the all the main leaders from uh, the, the political world at that time, probably um, w- we suspect thousands, maybe more than thousands, maybe tens of thousands. I don't know. But anyway, they're, so they're in this one gathering place and they're they are so happy that Samson has been uh, captured, that he's, you know, he's lost his power, whatever. They bring him back in to make a show of him, to make fun of him and right. to laugh at him. And Samson, not for the glory of God, <laughs> but he does call out to God yeah. and he says, can you give me my strength one last time? And who gets the final revenge? It is Samson. But in the same, in the same breath, he also loses his life. And, you know, Brian, Show me a time when revenge led to something that was life-giving. It never is. No. It never is. It, it always leads further dark and dark and dark, darker and darker. But I'll show you uh, yeah. a time where forgiveness sets the table for reconciliation. Okay. When forgiveness is asked for, forgiveness is offered, and two parties come together. And of course, that's exemplified in the gospel of Jesus Christ, where the Bible describes our relationship with God before salvation, says that we are enemies of God. Yeah. And yet God, being rich in grace and mercy, sent his son Jesus to be the propitiation of our sins. And all those who place their faith and trust in Jesus and ask God for forgiveness of their sin— God freely forgives them. And then the Bible says when when we savingly believe in Jesus, we are now called sons of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are adopted into God's family. This is an amazing thing that all happens by way of forgiveness. So just let me rabbit trail off of that and say, okay, so <clears throat> if somebody wrongs me, what should my response be? Yeah. What what should my mindset be? And the Bible's not silent. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and I want to go back to Philippians chapter 2 kind of gives us the insight of when you're wrong and you feel justified for doing something for taking revenge, He says this in Philippians chapter 2, and this is the Apostle Paul. I'm going to start reading in verse 3. He says, well, uh, actually before that, he says, uh, being of the same mind of Christ. So in other words, have this mindset, Mm -hmm. um, having the same love and being in full accord in one mind. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, Jesus wasn't like, oh, I wish I could be more like God. Why wasn't he? Because he was God, he didn't need to be <laughs> didn't need to be grasped at. Right, and uh, and he said, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm-hmm. And it really gives the mindset 
the creator. Uh, Colossians chapter one tells us that Jesus, God, the son was the preeminent one in creation yeah. even. And the, the one who was the creator had been wronged. And instead of saying, you know what? You wronged me. I wipe you all out and I'm going to start over. He says, I'll take the, I'll, I'll come, I'll take human form. I'll take the form of a servant yeah. and I'm going to come and serve you. And, uh, so if you're wondering, well, how should I act? How should I think? How should I whatever when somebody has wronged me? Uh, it might not be, uh, okay, so it's a cliche, but we're going to use it. It might not be a bad idea to say, well, how would Jesus think? Right. You know. Um, Brian, I like I like <clears throat> that you pointed that out, that it's a mindset. Oftentimes, in, when we're talking about retaliation, revenge, getting... Uh, payback or whatever, we're leading with our feelings of being yeah. wrong. I've, and, and so our feelings will lead us to do all sorts of things. But here in, in Philippians 2, Paul says, have this mind in you, that it's a mindset of humility. And so I've got to tell myself, I've got to think right thoughts, but if I begin to think wrong thoughts, that will fuel wrong feelings, and then my feelings lead the way which will lead me astray. So, so lead with your mind and eventually your heart will follow. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, okay. That's been a good topic. We are going to move to our last segment now. And uh, we are going to talk about what in the world. Man, what in the world uh, as we look at the media and, and news personalities, big news this week. Oh uh, man, the Brian. biggest. Uh, so, uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox news go their separate ways. Ballistic, uh, lots of speculation on that. Uh, yeah. It's been interesting to hear different people talk on this thing. Tucker Carlson, of course, was a, I think, uh, Fox news's highest rated TV personality. Uh, wasn't necessarily a news guy, certainly opinion guy, yeah. uh, but, uh, he garnered a following. He had an yeah. audience and closed his show on Friday, shows up, uh, or his audience shows up on Monday, and Tucker Carlson is nowhere to be found. Right, right. And so we, we don't know all the behind the scenes uh, yet. We'll find that out, I think, more in the, probably the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, so that was a minor earthquake in the media world. Yeah. And uh, and so some people are doing jumping jacks and uh, singing for joy. And other people are like, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think just be assured of this. Wherever we see Tucker Carlson again, he's going to have double the <laughs> following that he had uh, before. I, I, you know, I, I heard somebody say that... Uh, um, his last show uh, garnered 3 million viewers. And the next day when he put something out on Twitter, he had 13 million <laughs> viewers. So I, I think he's got he's got a, a firm following there. I think you're right. Um, what in the world? So what in the world is just things that uh, revolve around us. So, uh, you know, um, uh, I think in both of our family, sports has played probably a pretty big, uh, big part. And I got a great, it was just a great phone call from, uh, from my son last <laughs> night. Uh, it was a FaceTime. He FaceTime. he, he plays uh, college basketball. And uh, so uh, he, he FaceTime me and he's smiling from ear to ear. And he's saying, he says, dad, look, and I look and his, uh, his front tooth is dangling going down there <laughs> he, he uh, got elbowed i think going up for a rebound so now we get to visit the uh, dentists and all that kind of stuff but oh, uh, let, the, let the games begin oh, let the games begin oh yeah you know kids in sports it's fun you, you get to see uh your kids progress through the years and grow and 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 play things that they love and 
from a parent's point of view, hopefully they're learning some valuable life lessons uh, that when you're part of a team, uh, it's really about the team and not about you. You contribute to the team by using your gifts and your skills and your talents to benefit the team, not themselves. And so there's a, a lot of good that comes by way of uh, playing sports, but there's some other things, you know, that seems to be a breeding ground for retaliation and other <laughs> things. But uh, nevertheless, uh, kids in sports, a lot of fun. We, we're in the midst of track season, soccer season, AAU basketball, yeah. uh, softball, and, uh, and musicals. Yeah. So we're, we're in the throes of it. Hopefully by the end of May, things will slow down for us, but uh, uh, we're along for the ride and enjoying every game that we get to see. Oh, that's great. And then you know, lastly, you know, there's so much going on. I don't follow a whole lot of uh, professional basketball, um, although the playoffs are taking place right now, so there's a lot of interest in that. Go Nuggets. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I, I, I was following, um, you know, having been the chaplain of the Columbus Blue Jackets for several years uh one of my buddies the captain of the blue jackets nick felino was traded to the uh the boston bruins and so um yeah. i've been kind of following that and they lost last night they're out of the playoffs yeah. I'm, I'm a little bummed for nick yep my colorado so, avalanche were eliminated last night too i'm bummed for my team yeah. uh bummed for nick bummed for my team so but go nuggets so we're well i was gonna say i was gonna end that we're both bums so <laughs> anyway hey this has been a a fun segment and I hope that you have enjoyed and appreciated uh, the talk about retaliation. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to The Lens. 